Will Anderson, not far away. Always a pleasure to talk to Will. And we're trying to track down her granny who hosts raves. Yes, why not? Someone has to do it. Uh, she'd be a load of fun to talk to. Uh, we're going to cover maths TV last night. Uh, so much to get through. Oh, TV uh, last before... night. There was something on your show that I want to play back to you and let me. All right. I want, your, I want some clarification mm. from you. Don't you get me in trouble? Big I won't. I won't. Don't you do that. Now, while we've got you here, we need to talk to you about what transpired at your place last night because you. You've brought up something that's very dear to my heart, and I think our listeners will want to weigh in on this. What happened? He had a darts tournament yep. over at your house, as is yep. your... Uh, that's what you're doing these days. That's your yep. fetish. Uh, and what happened? That's a good <laughs> fetish. Yeah, we had about uh, half a dozen people over, and about oh, 9.30, quarter to 10, one of my kids said, I'm going to 7-Eleven to get a, do a bit of a run. I said, well, I want... Um, and then we all decided what ice cream we wanted. It was either... A I, love, I love a 7-Eleven run. I love, yeah. oh. And I love someone who puts their hands up to do the 7-Eleven <laughs> run. That's like the modern-day version of the St. Bernard. It goes out there, <laughs> grabs supplies, and then comes back... And we all gathered around the front door. Was it a warm welcome? Like, come on well, in. Well, they take notes on their phone, which which I like, which is kind of the next level as well. They don't write it on a bit of paper. They say, okay, you want this, you want that. I said, I want a, I want a Golden Gate time. And a couple of wanted a paddle pop or a splice. And we thought, what's the best What's the best ice cream you've ever had? I mean, I, okay. I like the Golden Gate time. Yeah, like are you a Golden Gate time man from way back? Yep, yep. Or a splice. A splice is not bad. What about the Albani banana? What is that? What? Okay, Tash, your education is, <laughs> you have so many gaping holes in your I'm education. Because I'm 20 years younger than you, that's why. Oh, you <laughs> bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have I you done a 7-Eleven I think you may be over-egging that just slightly, uh, Tash. What, Tash, what's your go-to ice cream? Bubble Bill, because <gasps> you get the bubble gum, and bubble oh, yeah. gum when you were little, you know, it was like extra special. But then there was a bombshell. I didn't know this. Do you know the Bubble Bill... Ice cream has a bullet hole in oh, its yeah. head. Always. Yep. Well, it's and a cowboy. Let that, uh, well, that, that's most most of the ice creams <laughs> down at Seven Eleven have probably got a bullet hole in them at, at, at some stage. I'll tell you this: uh, after a big night out, if it's an early morning Seven Eleven run, I'm a Calippo man. Oh, the Calippo is the lemon Calippo comes dangerously close to a hangover cure. Cat, what's your ice cream of choice? The rainbow paddle pop. Is oh. it caramel? What is it? It's just this delicious moment. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Rainbow. Mm. Yeah. Rainbow paddle you've lost, pop. You've lost your mind. What? Uh, <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> so we're talking about the Seven Eleven run, and and I I love the Seven Eleven run because it usually comes around a desperate group of people sitting on couches either. Either watching sport or or the the other side of a few edibles, and you're sitting around trying to work out what to do. And I'm the big bit of information you had there was that they take notes because generally what happens and in my day, uh, someone ends up in the Seven Eleven slightly confused, yes, and usually comes back having forgotten the original reason yes. they were going there. Uh, the Seven Eleven run is is a classic, by the way. And this is true. If you go to most drink driving classes, they will tell you that a outrageous percentage of the people there, when you, you'll go around and say, why are you here? Why are you here? Mm. Outrageous percentage of them are those who've done the right thing, gone out, not drunk, 
gone Which home, one? and then they've got home and they've gone, I need some cigarettes. Oh, my God, I need a packet of burger rings. Oh, oh. my God, I need this. And then get in their car yes. and go. Hey, tip for our listeners out there, don't fall for that one. It is no. absolutely there. I'll tell you what, one triple three five three. we're talking 7-Eleven run. What do you get? What's a staple? <laughs> what, what is it? What, what shouldn't you be getting? I always get a packet of quickies. Don't know why. Oh, oh, I don't know what I'm anticipating. Wonder why. One triple three five three. What do you do when you come back from the Seven Eleven with a handful of merchandise? What oh. is it? There's a couple of others. I, I speak on behalf of the gentleman here when I say we've all done the uh, Valentine's Day caught with our pants down Seven Eleven run. Where you mm. go in it, and he's already marked up all the boxes of Cadbury favourites by about. Five hundred percent. You, you, you grab a box, blow the dust off it, pay an extortionate rate, and go home and pretend you had it covered the whole time. That one. Yeah, um, what? What? On burger rings? I, I don't think you can come home. If you come home without burger rings, it's going to be a frosty reception. Oh, Do you think that's yeah, true? Well, we oh. had some. We had some last night. We had ch- uh, cheese and onion, um, Smith's chips, and we had. Some Who gets vinegar. cheese and onion? Oh, yeah, I, I had cheese and onion. And, Did and you ask for those? Yeah, I asked for them. Yeah, <laughs> I asked for cheese and onion. <laughs> and, and what kind of reception would you have got if you'd come home without the cheese and onion? Go back, go back, and get my cheese and onions. Wow, <laughs> Tash, and, I'm going to guess you've never done a, a late night Seven Eleven run in your life. Ever. Is that fair? No, my beautiful husband does, but I want mixed lollies to come back. Morning, now. Granny. You, now you go yeah. into a shop and they're all in, you know, pre-packaged packs and you only get like 12 in a yeah. bag that costs $7. Yeah. Go back to your old school. Remember your old school lollies? Your milk bar. Yes. Mm. Milk bar. It comes in an open packet yes. and there's usually a must stick sticking out oh, the top. And, and, oh, and bananas and, and the fake teeth. Remember them? Yeah. <laughs> fake, the fake teeth, a red the, skin. Remember the cigarettes? Oh, couldn't, probably couldn't call them that today. No. Uh, a wagon wheel. Have you seen the latest wagon wheels? No. Oh, the, oh, the ever-shrinking wagon wheel. How big's the wagon? I think the wagon must matchbox be... Matchbox car. It's like a matchbox car. <laughs> ever-shrinking. Uh, Toblerone. I'll tell you where you buy Toblerones. Uh, hotel rooms and airports. Yes. Otherwise, That's that it. is the That's... only marketing plan. Uh, is it a Slurpee or a slushy? What are we talking about? Slushy. What are you, what are you... I say, yeah, Slurpee. I would say. It's... Oh. So, which, by the, by the way, guys, uh, and I'm not promoting this, but uh, as a youngster, if you were going <laughs> to nick stuff like a chocolate bar or something, popping it inside your Slurpee yes. um, and heading to the counter is uh, time-honoured. <laughs> Wait, I'll send you out a fact sheet, everyone. <laughs> How <laughs> uh, you can do that? Karen's on the line. Karen, uh, what do you get from the Seven Eleven run? What is it? Uh, I used to get a chicken hero back in the day. A chicken hero? What's a chicken hero? A chicken roll. You heat it up in there, microwave, oh. and that's oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> all floppy. Of, of course. Oh. And then wake up with stomach cramps about three hours later. <laughs> oh, food poisoning. Poison. <laughs> Good on you, Karen. Luke, what is it you come back with from the Seven Eleven run? So what happened is that uh, my missus would go and make me go and get her a cranky that's wrapped in a pastry. It's got some hot cheese in it as well. Yep. A cranky. She got sold. Yes. Yeah. Kransky, so the king of the, king of the sausage. The king of the sausage. But the problem is, is that she got obsessed with these and I had to keep on going and getting them. So okay, I thought, yeah. I can't, 
I can't take this anymore. So I used to call them a rat coffin. And then every time I used to go and deliver to her, say, all right, here's your rat coffin. And then she still gets them to this day. I still have to deliver her the rat coffin. Well, 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 the that's that's I'm, dealing with. Yeah, I'm a Bratwurst man. Mark, Mark, what is what is it you have to get? Mate, I can relate to the smash and grab an half cut, but always go up there thinking, right, I need Magnums, I need Smith's <laughs> chips, I need Golden Ruffs, mint patties back in the days. Oh and, wow! And and I'd come back with cherry rifes and paddle pops. Well, <laughs> can I tell you this? You're the man. You are the Seven Eleven. <laughs> yeah, the bandits. It's, it's like a getaway car. Yeah, keep, keep the engine running. Mark's in there working his way around the aisle. Well done, Absolutely. everyone. Uh, a big night of TV last night. Cat, I know you will not miss a minute now of maths. You sit in front. You have maths no, parties. No, I do not. You have not. friends. You invite them around. Yeah. You get the nachos out. No, it's a private bedroom activity. Thank you. With oh, my laptop. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, bombshell Hello. after bombshell. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you're uh, right, Nikki. It was a it was, a, it was an amazing night of uh, TV last night. And while um, by, by the way, Cat will do a review in, uh, yes. uh, of uh, last night's maths. I can't believe she wasn't watching the front bar. By well, I was. I take it. And, huh. um, in particular, I was watching because I love Glenn Robbins. Uh, I love you. I love Sam Pang. He's. I love Mel McLaughlin. She's just a beautiful woman. Um, yep. The jury's out because I think last night. Uncle Arthur dropped the uh, the F bomb. Now uh, we've had I've some calls to... <laughs> about this. No, MG. No, yes. I'm going to stop you there. You're muckraking. You're trying to get us into no. trouble. He no, did not. not. <laughs> it wasn't the F bomb. It was a stutter oh, from an elderly man who's losing his mind. Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll find out. All right, we, we have, have Ross Clark Jones coming up. Yeah. We've already mentioned him. We're very yeah. excited. Um, we just want to, as a bit of a preview. Have a look at that. This is Nazare in Portugal. Yeah. Obviously, monster waves. Yeah. Have you surfed anything? Uh, this? No, I haven't. I, I, have I will say that Ross and I are very good friends. You're and, good friends. Yeah, we are. He said, and he said to me, it'd be easy. You could do it. The big wave. He wanted me to do it as, as Uncle Arthur, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, he did. And I went, no, I couldn't do that. I mean, that, that's probably 70 foot wave. You're sounding a bit hectic, all right? Just throw really... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Don't get me pitted, mate. Off, I can, I'll get started. Oh! No, no, no. Clearly not. Oh. I've heard I've heard Tash drop worse oh. in the newsroom. Oh, that's true. Uh, when she's back announcing a story. Oh, that was a, a slip of the tongue. Oh, it's not that's not a bad word, that is. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> nervous enough to go to Diesel. Well he's on our show All tomorrow, right. so we'll we'll play it again to him tomorrow. <laughs> All right, it's time uh, for you to fess up. You love this show. You watch it religiously. We're talking about maths. We asked you to do it once uh, to talk on the show because Tash would Tash wouldn't do it because Tash. I'm just going to say uh, I would never ask you to watch maths because I know it is beneath you. Yes. Oh, book. I work we, with you guys. Oh my god. She comes god. in every morning and wants to talk uh, about it. You She's think too busy you know watching someone. Australian porn oh. blokes breaking their penises. <laughs> oh. <laughs> MG, do you watch maths? No, I don't. You don't. I watched no. one episode, went and had a shower. And yeah, no, <laughs> basically <laughs> lay naked on the floor in the fetal position, going, what is wrong with this country? Now, girls, you're there. I need to ask you, uh, please, Kat, uh, 
Everyone's talking about a cheating scandal, like obviously yes. so, someone's boned someone else yeah. uh, or someone else's husband. Not Am quite, I right? Not quite that extreme, but let's gossip. So there are two couples involved in this. Hello. One is called Adam. Hello. And he is with Janelle. So Janelle and Adam are a unit. They seem to be getting along really well. Jesse yeah. is a guy with the top knot that um, gets the oh, yeah. really easy. <laughs> worst, the worst look ever, the top, top knot. Come on, mate, get rid of it. <laughs> and he's with remember, Claire. Remember in our day, MG, no one had a top knot. If anyone had a man bun or a top oh, knot, you, he'd you be scalped on sight. No, this bloke has... <laughs> This bloke has a full Amy Shark up the top. He does. So, yeah. And and so him and his wife, Claire, have now been getting along, but they weren't at the start. So there was a big pub night two weeks ago. Yeah. But what's she like? Is she a bit of a mole? Oh, no, like her, no, or... no, we like her. She's lovely. She felt very sad about her I'm just trying to get a husband. feel for the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she, she's not a mole. Um, there is a new mole. We'll, we'll get to her. Um, but... Jesse um, and that at that time and Claire were not getting along. Claire goes out to the pub with Adam. They're getting along oh, very well. Uh, Janelle had a root at home. had a root in the car park. No, they well, root in the car no. park? maybe maybe no. that maybe they have it. Put Kevin Bloody Wilson on. A rooting in the Ute. No, they were not doing that. Um, so they've gone out, come back, and Adam is furious because he's like, um, oh, sorry, no, Jesse is furious because he's like, oh, I think there's something going on between yes. you two. Yeah. And they all decided they gaslit him into thinking that absolutely nothing was wrong. So for two weeks, he thought he was just being a jealous guy until the other day Claire admitted she'd kissed Adam on a night out. So, so when she, when, not, not, not man bun. Man bun's not the kisser. No, it's man so, bun's man. So when she, it's confusing. confusing. Where, We've lost where did she kiss him? Um, at the pub. So they've yeah, gone at the on pub. The li- no, on the lips. I meant on the body. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the lips. Is that all that's happened? That's someone kissed someone? That's all that's happened, yeah. Oh. And they are filthy. But at the time, Janelle didn't know this because she backed her husband and went, there's no way my husband would have kissed Claire. And then so at the dinner party last night, oh, no. they've confronted them about it. It's kicked off. Yeah, it, it has totally kicked off. And Adam actually had to confront it. And this is what happened. Did you sleep with Janelle the night that you kissed Claire? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I ended up with Janelle. Oh my god! <clears throat> this is intense. You're hearing this from who you've heard it for. Correct. That's why we and, were just and, trying and to you, understand. And you believe absolutely everything Adam, that you've heard. Adam, is that correct? Adam, we're just trying to understand we're because asking. we're just we're trying to get the facts right. Did you kiss Claire and then went home and had sex with Janelle the same night? Oh, and you were bad. No, you yeah. didn't. It's a yes or no question. 100% yes. So we did a story the other day about a guy with three wives. That's kind of what it would be like. That's a little insight into what it would be like having three different wives. He got attacked, didn't he? He was, he was, oh, he is rightfully chopping block. Yeah, he's a yes. big Meanwhile, the, the guy will go with a top knot home on his own. <laughs> he's, <laughs> yeah, he's doing some knitting. <laughs> hey, guys, do you like chili? MG, you chili Love fan? It. Do you Love put it chili. on everything? Red or green? What's your favourite? Red. Red. Yeah. Oh, like a cat, you know, nodding Love away. It. Love it hot. I love chili. It's one of the great things. I have just a good friend of mine, though. I did see one day uh, Russell Gilbert. You know yep. him, uh, one of our great comedians. He uh, he loves Thai food and cooks with chili. And one day I saw him cooking with chili, and then put his contact lenses in. 
Oh. And to this day, I have never seen a man in more pain, <laughs> in more pain than ever. So uh, tip for beginners, uh, take your contacts out or if you're cooking with the chili. Now, I bring it up because New Mexico, which is a state uh, of the USA, have made roast chili its official state aroma. Yep. Isn't that wow. interesting? Yeah, now I lived there. It's, it does actually have that aroma. It, is that true? Yeah, it really does. And they're, they're, they're fixated on it. It's the chili capital of the world. I mm. think they produce 60% of all chili domestically, and they do pride themselves on... Uh, on it, so uh, do you think it, that's fair? And it represents and encapsulates the feeling and the mood and uh, the aura of that particular town. So good on them. It got me thinking, mm. guys. Uh, what would be the official aroma of Sydney? Good question. Good. Is question. there such a thing? Would you? Mm. Is there something that you think of that you go? That's a quintessentially Sydney barbecue. Maybe barbecues Ooh, yes. cooking over summer. I think you uh, need to section it up in yeah, Sydney because it's so big. Yeah. Uh, so, so West Sydney would be, I don't know, the aroma of bus fumes? <laughs> mm, that's more the city. <laughs> I would say the city. <laughs> the what? I would say Sydney would be more that. I'd like to Sydney petrol. would be that? Yeah, the well, centre of Sydney. They're out west, I think, out my way would be... Um, you get you get the gum trees, you get the barbecues, you get a bit of you know, a bit of this, bit of that. Three day old dead body. Yeah, in the, the pan, the pan river. <laughs> See, as, as someone new to Sydney, I'd probably say your state odour is the bo of a cab driver you pick up at the airport. <laughs> yeah, that's no the representation. No. What about you, Kat? What are you saying? I would say I'm Piemont, so I'm right near the casino and the Piemont Bridge Hotel, so it just smells of money and vodka lime soda. <laughs> Tash, you're from the leafy suburbs. Oh, here we go. Oh, well, the the you are, you're in the top 1%. No, I'm you're not. You've yes, got a harbourside mansion no, I in the northern suburbs. You <laughs> have. And yes. I grew up in the country, as you know, Miss Mudgee, 1864. No, Miss Mudgee. Yeah. The best aroma for me, which reminds me of summer, is the smell of cut grass. You know how you've just finished mowing oh, yeah. the lawn? Because I have started mowing our lawn now. Oh. And what, about, what about Glenn? What's, I, what's Glenn doing? The feeling of doing a hedger, getting a, at a hedger or a blower or cutting your own grass Pardon? is liberating. You, so you just a, a hedger, blower, and cutting your own grass. That sounds like something else. <laughs> Off maps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you, I you, love can ca- you can catch Tash on the next episode of Farmer Wants a Wife, everybody. <laughs> Bondi. Bondi. I, I can't encapsulate. It kombucha. smells like that. Oh. No, kombucha. Uh, it smells like the sweet scent of burnt Englishman. Yeah. What, about, what, about, what about Melbourne, where you're from, Mickey? What's Melbourne's, what's Melbourne's scent? Uh, it's, it's the smell of Coffee. people disappearing up their own ass. Gaia, he's over his head. What a try! Big Mark Gaia towering over him. MG Sport Report. Yeah, just a couple of things in the uh, sporting world to keep an eye on um, as you uh, play your way through a Thursday. We'll get to um, South Australia's audacious, audacious bid to try and steal the uh, the Ashes um, Sydney Test from us in a second. But just quickly, the Matildas overnight secured the Cup of Nations with a 3-0 victory over Jamaica. Uh, Katrina Gorry, Alex Chidiak and Caitlin Ford were our goal scorers. 
Um, they are just they continue to. Well rise. Done, girls. Yeah, How good they are they? Are unbelievable. It's so good to watch. Um, as I mentioned, uh, South Australia's audacious, audacious, audacious bid to steal the uh, New Year's test from New South Wales has failed. Suck Go on, yes. dead in the water, dead as a dodo. See Wait you later. A check, please. Uh, stay in your lane, you dickheads. This is what they t- are. <laughs> what an unbelievable oh. attempt to yeah. crowbar something that's not even theirs and just hijack it and take it back to a uh, a barren, uh, rural, big country town called Adelaide. What a bunch of jerks. <laughs> I really, is, you, you, you know, you know, just uh, put your bodies in the barrel. And <laughs> in the that's what you do. That's, that's what you do. Honk on to a big red in the Barossa, you yeah. giant knobs, and leave us alone. Uh, yeah, Premier said it best, did he not? Yes, here he is. A, a, a five-day washed-out test in Sydney is much better than a five-day test in Adelaide. <laughs> um, I mean, why? Because uh, at the end of it, you spent at the at, at the at, at, at the end of it, you spent five days in Adelaide. <laughs> I've actually batted on the SCG. Did you know that? The SCG. Yes, I did. I, it was a Victor Trumper tribute match, and I was bowled by the guitarist from In Excess. Oh, I Timmy like Ferris. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but Good cricketers like then, guys. Anyway, if, 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 if the tests rained out, I can organise something. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Here's a tip, Natasha Belling. This is coming from BBC Head of uh, Director of Digital, Naja Nelson. Uh, she's, her directive to the BBC newsreaders is, look sweaty and dirty. Uh, dress down to appear more trustworthy. Wow, that's it. New stars have been given the green light to dress down at work as appearing sweaty and dirty looks my, way more trustworthy. Oh, wow. Well, that, if that's the case, the staff here at Triple M must be the most trustworthy people <laughs> on the face <laughs> of the planet. <laughs> and, 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 and makes ta- Natasha Brilliant the most reliable newsreader I've ever come across. <laughs> have, have, you been, have you been in the news booth? Lately, how woofy. Oh, well. It's like it, we need to throw a couple of urinal cakes around in there and just to be all pervading. Spray, spray some Domestos or something. Straight from gardening, straight into reading the news. This is about, they do have a valid point, right? They're talking about from the BBC, if you're out in the yeah. field and you're talking about an earthquake or a flood zone, the yeah. worst thing you can do is turn up in a three-piece suit with full hair and makeup. It makes you look unreliable that you're not in touch with what's happening there. And mm. I do think it's gone a bit far, though. You have to – what, they're going to ask people to put perspiration and water on yeah, to and that's con- mess their I, I hair think up? That's, that's condescending, too. I think if 100%. someone is, isn't out and experiencing what these people are going through, the hardship, and they turn up, for instance, if there's a flood somewhere and this guy or, or girl turns up with Ugg boot, uh, you know, the big boots, the what are they called, um, galoshes, and like a rain like, – you can do overdo things, and this is kind of one of them things where I think they're going too far with it. Just act normal. What's yeah. wrong with just acting normal? Whatever's around you, just act normal. We don't tell, don't give them a, a mandate to say look scruffy and dirty. That's that's over the top. You can't go on air though, looking a bit messy, can you? Looking like a hot mess. I would like to see a ch- the six o'clock newsreader uh, wearing a flannel shirt <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> eating a bucket of hot wings. <laughs> Wow. Shut up and take my money. Reading the news. 
Can I tell you this? And I, this was, I was watching the news. I was in Hawaii and they okay, the six o'clock news. And I kid you not, the newsreader is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian shirt. Yes. 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 Here's that. And I liked being in Hawaii too because I'm actually, uh, an, I'm actually a, a medium. You're the big kahuna. As, as opposed to extra large. All right, go and get into your stuffy little news box there, <laughs> Natasha Belling, which, which smells of Lynx Africa. Oh, Turn off how your good go. is Lynx Africa? No. Okay, no you good. Out. <laughs> and we've been joined uh, this morning live from our Adelaide studio where he's doing a sold-out series of shows. As per normal, uh, yeah. please make him welcome. It's Will Anderson, friend Yay. of the show. How are you, Will? Uh, thank you very much. For, thank you very much for having me this morning. I join you from a city in mourning. Um, well. Obviously, you know, the big news that Adelaide had made a play for the the Sydney yeah. Test match. They only actually made that play. They wanted to make a play for the Sydney Olympics and someone told them that it already happened. <laughs> and they haven't quite caught up to that in Adelaide yet. So they've gone with the Sydney Test and they had one pitch as well. This was yeah. it. They literally had one pitch was... It won't rain. That was it. And they thought it was a pretty compelling pitch, to be honest with you. Um, it's a, it's a well, actually, pitch. Two, two pitches. They had two pitches. They were going to uh, yeah. make it another day-night test match, of course. And a lot of people don't like the pink ball. So Adelaide were going to go with an orange ball based on a, a, on a fruit chock. So basically, they were going to have a chocolate centre and then an orange coating around the outside. That was the real theme they were going to bring to it. It was a bold plan. I can't believe it, it didn't uh, come off. Uh, the mood would be sombre, I suppose. There will be rioting. I guess people will be tipping over cars in the streets. There'll be uh, kind of end-of-the-world-style oh, antics. I mean, not cars, but those electronic scooters they get about the city on. Oh, they have been <laughs> tipping those over all over the place. It's like LA after the riots. <laughs> Do you have nah, different it, audience? Do you have different audiences for different states? Like, as you travel travel around with your comedy show, is there like is there different hecklers from different states? Do you cop it from Adelaide more, or from Tasmania, or from Melbourne? Is there one is in it, particular? I will tell you this, MG. So basically, so during the Fringe Festival, so Adelaide's got a heat wave at the moment, right? And so during yeah. the Fringe Festival, mostly you're not performing in proper venues, performing in tents and you know stuff in the yeah. park. So it's not ideal conditions, basically. Like it's like it's like the Aussies going to India. You're like, this is not yes. the track I'm used to. It's going to play play a couple of tricks. I might have to get the runs as early as I can before I get out. Uh, but I am very lucky this week that I'm performing in this box, so it's not a tent. It's like a wood wooden box and it's one of the only venues that has air conditioning so basically that's my pitch this week is just come along sit in the quiet like it's cold it's cool you don't even have to enjoy the show put your headphones in you don't have to listen just pay your dollars Stay cool. and sit in a cool room but if i don't know if you've ever been to adelaide in february and march mg but basically this is the festival time of adelaide so what adelaide does is they go hard in february and march for one month they have the fringe festival the arts festival where adelaide like they all happen at exactly the same time and then of course the good festival and then uh for 11 months the people at adelaide just go back to sleep right (laughs) they just like push snooze (laughs) complain about cane corns see you again in february right that is cane corns what What about him what about cane corns so I, remember. I will say this, they, when it comes to audience members, there was a mother-in-law in my front row the other night, Mick, yeah. and she's from the UK. And I said yeah. to her, I said, oh, you come here to visit your family. Because yeah, her son married an Adelaide girl. They live there together. She goes, I've right. been here for seven months. They've all been in February and March. So Adelaide has been on its best mother-in-law behavior for seven months. She thinks it's the best place on earth.
I remember the first time I played in a theatre in Adelaide. It was in 1987, and I was on a Melbourne Uni review tour. Wow. And we played at this theatre. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember, and, and in those days, they were cowboy days, and you didn't know if anyone was going to turn up or not. And we're backstage in the theatre, and they have, for anyone who's never been backstage in a big theatre, they have speakers, which puts the sound of what's happening in the auditorium out there so you can get the vibe backstage. Mm. Anyway, with about five minutes to go, I've gone up to the stage manager and I've said, for F's sake, mate, can we put these speakers on so I can get some kind of feel for what's going on out there? He goes, mate, they've been on for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I... I, I, and I swear this is true. Just really, it, it couldn't get any worse. We're, pl- we're playing. We're playing in the theatre. There's about eight people in this room that holds about four hundred. And I swear to you, uh, just after interval, one of the audience members went into labour. So she had she wow. she went in, she went into labour, and then everyone else in the audience started attending to her. Until first responders turned up. So now absolutely no one is listening to anything we're saying from the stage area. But as I pointed out, if she has that baby, all of a sudden their attendance goes to nine, (laughs) which would have been a a record breaker. Uh, Will Anderson, of course, joining us live from our Adelaide studios where he's running amok in the uh, town of Adelaide. Where do you stay? Do you have like a usual hotel? Do you have an entourage? Are you like Elvis in Vegas? What happens when Mm. you get to Adelaide? Thanks for asking about my hotel, Mick, because I actually need to tell you a story about my hotel, which is that I checked in. Not the best hotel in town, it's fair to say. I like to say somewhere that's away from other people. And I also like to say somewhere where, you know these, you understand this, Michael. And look, I'm not encouraging this to anybody, but there are these (laughs) new hotels that have balconies, but the entire hotel is non-smoking. Like even if you're outside, like, whereas if you go back far enough down the rung of quality. If you keep dropping your price, eventually you'll find a hotel where they let you do pretty much whatever you want. And that's the sort of hotel that I'm staying in. Yes, like, I like when, it. Well done. When there's, a, when there's a bump in the night, you don't go and investigate. You just check if there's a body next to your room the next day. That's the sort of hotel I stay in. And yeah, this is a good right. sign. If there's not a chalk outline on the carpet, you're good to go. I assume that was the actual welcome like, I thought, oh, this is really nice. A little bit of art that they've done here in the foyer. No, that's the chalk outline, mate. The cops are going to be here in a second. So it's really interesting pattern yeah. on the wall. Blood, yeah. That's blood, yeah. mate. That's splatter. We can't get it off. Yeah, don't use the black light in the room. That would be my advice to anyone oh, staying at this hotel. Please. So I'm Very checking cool. in. And the guy's, like, checking me in at the, the reception. And you know when, like, you can tell that something's gone wrong? And the, sometimes, you know, maybe the, the credit card hasn't come in for, like, to pay for the room or something like that. It's that sort of look, that look of yes. alarm. And he, he goes into his system and he said, oh, I'm so sorry about this, but I've just actually got to check something out. And it turns out that my name got flagged, not because of me, but because they have had two other Will Andersons who stayed (laughs) at that hotel and behaved so badly that they've been blacklisted from the entire franchise. You want a no-fly zone? I don't know. Like, I've seen this hotel. I can't imagine what you would have to do that isn't already being done there, that they would blacklist you from that. I mean, these have got to be the guys who really planned 9-11. It's the only thing that I can think of. I want to find these new Will Andersons. 
listeners. We've got to get them on. Uh, they'd be good for an interview. They should yeah. do their own festival shows. That would sound very interesting. Uh, can I tell you, my worst experience in a hotel uh, and was in Sydney, and I won't name the hotel because people would know it. It's, it's mm. called a relatively famous boutique hotel oh. in the, in the uh, Sydney, New South Wales area. Anyway, I checked into the hotel. I'd been stayed at this hotel before, and I went. First thing I did was go and have a shower because I'd just arrived. So I put my bags down. I went and had a shower, and when I came out, my <laughs> message light was flashing, and I go, "Well, that's interesting. Well, who would I just checked in? I had the message light, and it's this thing that goes, Tanya, Tanya, is Rebecca." Get out. Get out of the room now. What? He's on his way. <laughs> Rebecca. Beep, oh beep, God. beep, right? And I go, it's still flashing. I get to the next message. Rebecca, please get out. <laughs> no. He's on his way. Right? I go downstairs and I go, excuse me, I just had some con- quite concerning messages on my answer machine. Was there like a Rebecca who stayed here before me? And the guy by the counter goes, Rebecca? No, no, no Rebecca has ever stayed. <laughs> I'm going, what the hell is going on? Uh, we can, we, we're happy to change your room if you'd like, Mr. Malloy. No, yes, I'm just please. about Rebecca. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Rebecca never stayed here. Never, never heard the name <laughs> Rebecca before today. There's never been a Rebecca stay at this hotel uh, in the history of the hotel. Okay, all right. <laughs> Is there a mint on the pillow? I don't know. <laughs> How are the shows coming along, Will? Tell us about uh, the shows. I okay. love your shows. Mick, I know you're always like when I'm talking to the audience, you want to hear what they've oh, been that's up my to. So favorite I was thing up in, in the world. I was up in Brunswick Heads last week, uh, northern New South Wales, northern rivers, and I was asking yeah. a couple in the front row what they did for a job. And they said that they were uh, holiday accommodation cleaners. So, you know, basically when people go up to Byron Bay for their holidays, afterwards they'll come in and clear, clean out the Airbnbs and things like yep. that. And so yep. I asked them the obvious question, uh, MG, that you're going to ask holiday cleaners. What is the weirdest thing? that yeah. somebody has left behind, that you've discovered that somebody's <laughs> left behind. And it turns out it was a good day to go fishing because without hesitation, they said, well, actually last week, uh, someone left three items in the room. One, yeah. a blindfold. Two, okay. a butt plug. And three, a large amount of lube. And all I could think was, well, if you've got the second one, I'm glad you've locked in the third one. Right? <laughs> I mean, that is the best game of Cluedo of all time. <laughs> And when are we going to Brunswick? <laughs> and, and was that someone else called Will Anderson? Yeah. Again, oh, oh, your was Rebecca there as well? Good on you, Will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Love See you, brother. You. Always fantastic. We love having you on the show. We'll check in with you soon. And uh, we always get more than we bargain for with the great Will Anderson. Yay. Thanks, boys. I love this story. Every so often, uh, something comes across your desk that just makes you smile. This is one of those occasions uh, a Sydney grandmother, uh, age 57, has opened up about her favourite hobby, listening to hardcore electronic dance music and going to raves. She's gone to more than 50 raves. She won't stop it. She loves it. She just lives to dance. She's on the line now. It's Lynn Cole. How are you, Lynn? Oh, hi. How are you? I'm very I'm good. good. Thank, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for what, having me. What is it about raves that you just have to be part of? Um, it's, it's the people, the kids, the, the music, the atmosphere and everything like, it's, it's like being part of something 
big. That's right. And what time do you leave the rave? Are you, <laughs> uh, are you there till 6am or are you you're going home early for a nap? What are you doing? Um, no, no, I, I sort of leave before everyone gets too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Basically, well. you know, the, you know, too, too happy, too merry, you know. Um, so I'll probably leave around about midnight, roughly. Around about midnight, uh, that seems like uh, very early for a rave, but I'll allow it on this occasion. Uh, we've got a couple of examples of the music that you like to play. Kat, uh, let's play the first one. Okay, this one's called Anger Fist Knock Oh, knock. yeah. I am the one who knocks. Holy smokes. And oh, what yeah. is it you like about that one, Lynn? Um, the story about it, it's, it's, um, I love horror. It's a horror theme sort yeah. of, um, music and it's, um, and the pumping and the music, you know, if you lay there and looking at the ceiling and you hear that music and you just <laughs> get into it, it's so good. You are awesome. Are you dancing to that or are you just riding around the dance floor on your motorised scooter? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't have a scooter yet. But, oh. uh... <laughs> All right. And are you getting your recipes for your pingers from the Country Women's Association <laughs> cookbook or, or not? Uh, pingers. I'm not really sure what that is, but anyway. Um... <laughs> Hey, Linny, when you were, you were only a few years older than me and you're, and you're a grandmother, congratulations. But in the mid-80s, mid to late-80s, where were some of the Sydney you know, hotspots? Would you ever go to Ziggurats or the Black Market or DCMs? Do you ever go to them kind of places? I have done in the earlier days, but not, not now. Okay. You used to go to raves with your kids? No, not with my kids anymore. They they grew up. They don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. And I thought, no, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna go because I just love it. It's oh, good on you. Yeah. Hey, here's a tip: uh, when you are at your raves, you could probably get a good side hustle here selling your pain medication. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, some pain away. Pain medication? Okay. Um, okay. Um, I well, just a and will be um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And we we've got another, another example of a song you like to listen oh, to. Oh, yeah. This one's Imaginary. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what is it you like about that song, Lynn, can I ask? Yeah, that one, That that's a, if, if you listen to the lyrics, the lyric is um, actually quite good um, and it's quite meaningful. And I've asked my children to play... That song at my funeral. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that'll be uh, an absolute <laughs> uh, event. Uh, yeah. I, I would have thought there'll be DJs, there'll, there'll be foam. Exactly. Be everybody fun. everybody uh, sucking on lollipops. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go out here on a limb and suggest that you don't get asked to babysit the grandkids much. Is that fair, is that, is that fair to say, Lynn? Um, not on the weekends. I don't, but during the week I do. Oh, well, I'd, I'd love to see an array with a little baby Bjorn on, uh, <laughs> taking the kids. I don't Lynn, think my you're... daughter will agree. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, good on you. Yes. You're only as yes. old as you feel. I do love this story. Our 50 raves. Uh, when's the next one coming up? Uh, actually, next month. Um, I bought myself a camper van uh, just recently, and I'm, yeah. I'm driving to Melbourne to go to Carnival. 
Oh, like like a a three-day festival in the camper van, road trip. Lynn Cole, you are Australian of the Year as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Keep up the good work. (laughs) Well done, Lynn. I'll play out with a bit of knock-knock. Yeah! Yeah. Who's going to whistle? Come on. Give me me your glow stick. That's enough. (laughs) We were talking earlier about maths. (laughs) Yeah. And the type of couples who are on maths and uh, like there's a big scandal because someone kissed someone yeah. uh, behind someone's back. Well, imagine this couple on maths. And this story was related uh, uh, recently by a, a wedding makeup artist. And they'd know where all the bodies are buried. There'd be frontline troops to oh, yeah. see you know, all the bridezillas and grooms and everything oh, that yeah. goes on. But this story could just about take the cake. And would be an excellent episode of Maths. Make no mistake. Uh, she was saying how she was uh, doing someone's hair, uh, the bride's hair, and when the bride was suspicious about some activity that was going on in the toilets and thought her groom, husband, may be involved, thought, oh, no, oh. She's, he's with another woman uh, or he's taking drugs. This is on our wedding day. What the hell is going on? So she's marched into the toilets to confront the groom and the suspicious activities. <laughs> so when she's gone in there, uh, to her horror, she swung over in a cubicle door to reveal that he was being breastfed by his mum. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow, we. So, wedding day, bride discovers groom's mum breastfeeding groom. Now, I don't know. I haven't been to much marriage counselling. <laughs> but that is a good one. Don't you there? So when they talk When they talk about a white wedding, they're referring to his milky moustache. <laughs> It's a nasty something old, to... something new, something borrowed, something. something... Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Now I don't know, guys. Would that be a good episode? Of I'd watch it. Be... Would that, would that come up at the dinner change. party? I'd watch it. And... Oh my god! The... I can't oh, the sick well, thing just... is, they'd still marry him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what? Probably mid twenties, you'd say, I suppose. But what? How does she still have milk? I, I I don't know. This is this this story baffles me. This is what something. Okay, you so you think about things on a deeper level than me, <laughs> <laughs> MG. If that's the thing that's bothering you about, about this, this story, it's the first thing you'd ask when you walked into the cubicle. So I'd be saying, <laughs> "Could I have a go?" <laughs> I'm sorry, that's enough. I am just okay. Wow. Uh. <laughs> A breastfeeding moment. So many questions, so little answers. So many questions, so many answers. What about the ball? A ball of a pass. Scores in session. Mick continues his NRL education. School is in, uh, MG is teaching me, he's taken me under his wing. I ask dopey questions, uh, but he always is patient and answers for me as I try and get my head around uh, NRL and the final points. I've got one for you. Yes. Uh, and it'll be an obvious one to most of the people listening, but I want to know, and I'm hearing a bit about this, the cannonball tackle. What is the deal with a describe? I know the chicken wing tackle. We yep. got that too. 
Uh, there's many others, but I'm unaware of the cannonball tackle. Sounds dodgy. Is it dangerous? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, very, very much so, Mickey. Um, it's when two players have tackled a, a, an opposing runner of the ball and they're holding him up and the, the third man in goes for the legs and more often than uh, not, chops those, him. Th- those knees buckle and it's such a dangerous, it's such a dangerous uh, act that it's, well, I don't it know. Sounds, he's a sitting duck, right? It's, so. it, well, it's, 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 it's cowardly. It really is. I mean, there's, you, you're trying to get a man down in a tackle, but he's got no. You don't. You don't. You don't feel. You don't see it coming, and all of a sudden your knees yeah. are gone. Um, it's something in the game that's a blight, and we make so many rule changes in rugby league. This one has got to be abolished. This has got. Has to this have, resulted in serious injury to star players or anyone? Yeah. Well, yeah. Taylor May on the weekend had a, a, a cannonball tackle um, happen to him, and he's out for the season with an ACL injury. So, th- what what is it going to take? to a season-ending injury. That's what it's going to take. So let's get rid of the cannonball once and for all because it's a, it's a shocking look on the game. All right. Um, also, what else is also, happening in the world of, of – and now can I ask you something briefly? You told me during the break something that uh, your daughter is being part yes. of. Is it what, – describe to me again, and my, for my education, what is the Oztag competition? Okay, Oztag is a kind of a touch football but with tags on your shorts, and it's, it's taking over – New South Wales the last 15 years. I played it when I first retired from footy um, as a way to yeah. try to stay connected. It's, it's kind of it's, it's a, a different version of touch footy because you've got tags that are Velcro on the side of your shorts. And this weekend up in Coffs Harbour, um, all the juniors, the nationals are on. And my daughter, Rafferty, is, is on her way up as we speak. Um, and everyone yeah. else who has messaged me asking for a shout-out, there you go. Have fun this weekend, kids, at Coffs Harbour because at it's Coffs Harbour. of fun and frivolity. Have fun. Go mad. Uh, <laughs> have a good time. Live on the edge. Go cocoa bananas. Oz, the Oz tag uh, is, is, is what it's called. I'd like to be part of the Oz wedge where you run around wedging. Instead of grabbing a tag where you grab the underpants and wedge, wedge the underpants to another player. That would be something I could excel at. Well, the jocks Finally, I want to ask you, but we haven't touched on it much today, but the, the tour of India just gets oh. worse and worse. So we've lost two tests in a row. Uh, we've lost a series, and it seems that everyone's bailing even before the third test. Who? How many of our stars are home? Well, the mass exodus continues, Mickey, because Ashton Agar is the latest uh, Aussie cricketer to be heading home. Um, he's disillusioned because he's a left-arm spinner, orthodox spinner, and he thought that he could get he'd get a run. Um, if he doesn't get a run in the spinning wickets of of India, I, I fear for Ashton's future as a test cricketer because he's on his way home. Davey Warner's on his way home. Josh Hazelwood's on his way home. He arrived yesterday. Pat Cummins is back for personal reason. Mitchell Swepson's back as well. Um, Unbelievable. But, yeah, it's, it like, it's, like, it's, it's like the evacuation of Saigon. It's all of a sudden, everyone's <laughs> on the way home. I was thinking this yesterday because you have to fill out the customs form where it says, do you have anything to declare? And one of them, I think it's <laughs> question, question nine says... Have you been using any sporting equipment while overseas? And I, I think our batsman could honestly say no. <laughs> we are done and dusted for another day. Just before we go, Natasha Belling enters the studio with a is a news update. Some late breaking yeah. news. What's going on? Some pretty bombshell allegations that have rocked a lot of parts of the country and the world this morning. Uh, alleged Australian actor and broadcaster Mick Malloy has denied <laughs> some pretty pretty bombshell allegations that uh, much-loved comedian Glenn Robbins swore on national television on the front bar on Channel 7 last night. You firmly denied those allegations, though, Mr Malloy. 
I will sue you and I will sue this network if you continue <laughs> with this line of questioning. Why don't you take a leaf out of the BBC playbook, you smelly newsreader, <laughs> and get your facts right and work on your credibility. Now, listen to me. I deny emphatically that the F-bomb was dropped. That said, we'll play the clip, and I believe it has been beat. <laughs> Ross and I are very good friends. You're and, good friends. Yeah, we are. He said, and he said to me, it'd be easy, you could do it. The big wave. He wanted me to do it as, as Uncle Arthur, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, he did. And I went, no, I couldn't do that. I mean, that, that's probably 70-foot wave. You're sounding a bit hectic, all right? Just really... <laughs> uh, yes. Don't get me pitted, mate. I can, I'll get started. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, obviously, yeah. it was beeps, not because I believe he swore, but because the station managers insisted on it. Um, that is... We've got Glenn Robbins on the show tomorrow, yes, and yes. we'll put it to him. However, if you had told me the F-bomb was going to be dropped on last night's show, I would have thought that would be coming from a big wave surfer or a jockey. <laughs> <laughs> Not from Uncle Arthur, by the way. But anyway, Glenn will be on the program tomorrow. He'll answer these questions, and uh, you see me in my office. Nick Malloy, MG in the morning.